Hello, welcome back to Walk the Cinema Podcast. This week's episode is going to be Bicycle Thieves, and we'll talk more about that after we're from our sponsor. So Bicycle Thieves, I got you this, I got the Criterion version for you for Christmas. Thank you, year. I appreciate it. So this was our use of the gift I got you. Yeah. And it's a pretty classic movie, I think it's number 102 on the Letterbox Top 250 Narrative Features. This is a movie that's always on like lists. Like, top lists. I think this is the sight and sound number one of all time. I know, like, a lot of directors put it on their lists. And, I mean, it's pretty obvious why. It is really good. Yeah, it is good. It's probably one of the best examples of individual suffering with the background of a wider suffrage. And it plays off of that, especially with the ending. Yeah, but we'll get to the ending, I think, a little later. This is, yeah, an early example of neorealism, which is a big movement in Italy, and we're going to be covering more of those when we do a whole month of Fellini. Yeah, so you got to be on the lookout for that one. Yeah, if you like Italian neorealism, you got to subscribe now and wait for the Fellini episodes. There's going to be four episodes on Fellini, so that's... Look into the future. Yeah, it's a lot of Fellini. Yeah. But this is not Fellini. This is the Sika, right? And he's done a lot. This is regarded as his number one movie. Mm-hmm. I think the essay we read that came with the booklet on the Criterion Collection kind of talks about how it's... Similar to what Citizen Kane is to Orson Welles, Bicycle Thieves is to the Sika. Yeah, they did make mention of that. And also just it talked about the neorealism movement and, mm. and like what this meant, I guess. It, it came out in, what, 90, 1940? I think it's 48. 48. So it was like a post-war world war. But it's not movie. really post like it's post the world war finishing mm-hmm. but it's you're they're still recovering from well, yeah, the war so yeah. it's not like it's immediate post-war and not yeah but it's still post-world war too and the effects of like kind of a being on the losing side and not like their economy hadn't recovered at this point no. either like, this was didn't... made in real time yeah so this is what they were going through. I know that the main actor was not a real actor, like a trained actor is amateur. Mm. And I know after the movie, he did not have a job to go to. So what he portrayed in the movie is not too far from his actual reality. Yeah, like you, you they couldn't just make jobs out of thin air. It's yeah. like their thing. There was no jobs for everyone. And yeah, the main actor actually lived through that. Like, that was his reality. Mm-hmm. So. I did see that he was not some other things, though, so. I don't know if well, it was before yeah. or after this. The movie was successful. It was immediately recognized as being super important. Mm. I know he got, like, an honorary Oscar, like, two years after it came out. <laughs> so, it was very immediate reaction to its quality. Well, I think that, like, it has a very deep story in a sense that it 
that you're only really focused on our main character's life and like his struggles yeah where the bicycle is his only thing that he has that's like to his name like they sold the sheets off their bed so that he could yeah they sold everything they had yeah so that he could have the job that would pay him yeah and you know when the bike gets stolen and his like pursuit of all these of, of trying to find the man that stole the bike and uh you know just the guy getting away from him the old man that won't tell him yeah. any information the desperation once... of it all yeah you you start to feel hatred towards the bike thief and it comes to his you know story yeah but when you see how the bike thief lives it's not too far off from it's probably worse yeah because he has he has i would assume something like epilepsy or like some type of seizure disorder from like his fit that he had after Mm -hmm. being confronted and he lives in a one-bedroom house with two younger siblings and a mother yeah so like he he went through he probably went through a desperation life what the movie shows is that life was hard for everyone yeah. And that's kind of what it makes you feel. Because you're focused on the main character, like you said. Mm-hmm. And you think he's being unjustly treated. But then you realize everyone else is going through the same. Yeah. So his suffering is not bigger than anyone else. It just sucks, you know? Yeah. Like, it sucks because, like, I when we were watching the movie, I I was, you know, thinking of, of what I was going to say or how, how to react to this. And I was, like... I felt anger at the bike thief because, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult because you think he's, he's, you think he's just being kind of crass that he just wants money or whatever. But then you see, like you, you start to understand that like, you don't live in a vacuum. Like he, he probably stole it because he was in a, a similar desperate situation. So it's like, you can't, it's, it's hard to be mad at somebody even though like the situation sucks at the end you see the main character do the same thing yeah where he's so desperate that he just tries to steal a bike and you realize why the original thief did it and you realize that the person he stole from is in the exact same situation where all he has is a bicycle but that person decides not to prosecute him Mm -hmm. right at the end because he knows that the reason he stole the bicycle in the first place is because that was his last choice. Yeah. So this is a a lot of emotional layers that come off slowly. Mm-hmm. Like you slowly real. This kind of reminds me of Arakiri, which we haven't discussed. You haven't seen, but we will eventually make an episode about it, I would assume. Where the, the you feel something and then you start to take the layers out of the emotions and you understand why everyone did everything. And I think this is... I saw someone say, like, even the most cold-hearted people get emotional at this movie. Yeah, it's... It definitely makes you feel... Like, I don't know. For me, I, I do experience movies in, like, a very emotional type of way. So, you know, it's frustrating to sit here and watch it and, and not... Like, it, it was frustrating for me to sit here and not be able to do anything, you know? Yeah, you feel like... Like, you feel helpless. You yeah. feel like the same situation that the, the the characters are in. You just want to do something for him. Yeah. 
But you can't because it's a movie. Yeah. I even started saying, like, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. Like, these people are fine. It is just a movie, but that's the neorealism of it that makes you feel... Like, this literally did happen to a lot of people. Mm. And then the acting in it, a lot of amateur actors, a lot of just circumstantial things. I know that when the kid almost gets run over a couple times, that was not supposed to happen. The well, kid falling, I was, I'm was i not sure if that was supposed to happen mm-hmm. either. So there, there's a lot of elements of reality in it. Well, I thought that the, the final part where he's going to get, like, he almost gets run over by two cars... And, like, the dad's, like, just keeps trucking along. I I feel like, in a way, that kind of shows that that Richie, that's his last name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he has le- legitimately given up, like, hope. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care anymore. Like, he can't, he, he it's not that he doesn't care, it's just that he doesn't have the ability to even yeah. function at this point. The bicycle and the job were more than just that. Mm. There was the difference between providing for his family a semi-decent life and having absolutely nothing. Yeah. There was no middle ground. You, You couldn't wait another week to get another job. That was it. Yeah. That was all he had to fall into was the job. That it was gonna work extra hours so they could... Have extra money. Yeah, they could live pretty alright. And then, if it doesn't have it, they don't have food, they don't have sheets, they don't have anything in the house. Yeah, exactly. Which is the reality of war in general. Like, post-war life mm-hmm. in general sucks. Like, in the United States, we saw that with Vietnam, and it's still happening. Like, a lot of people that served in Vietnam still don't have what they had before they left. Yeah, I think because, like, with at least with that war in the United States, like, a lot of people were against it. And so when these soldiers came back, you know, they they weren't treated very... They weren't treated with dignity, I'll say. Yeah, even though they didn't, they had a choice. Like, they just got drafted into this war. Yeah, some, you know, some people did, you know, sign up. But, you know, a, a lot of people did, you know, were drafted, and that's, you know... That's legitimately against their choice, and you know a lot of them today don't have like access to health care. I mean, they have the VA, but the VA is kind of a little lackluster sometimes. But that's a a different conversation. conversation. Yeah, maybe if, <laughs> when we do a Scorsese or we do Apocalypse Now, or mm. I know right. Scorsese hated the Vietnam War as well, so yeah. But, you know, with this movie, you, you do get a sense of what Italian life was like. And, you know, I've been I've been watching a lot of Italian cinema. That's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> as of late. And, like, none of them are happy. I don't think I've watched a single Italian movie lately that has had an air of happiness mm. ending, you know? And we haven't even seen... It's a beautiful life. Yeah, exactly. Wait, is that no, fun? it's life is beautiful. Sorry, yeah, we haven't <laughs> even seen life is beautiful, so that's gonna make it real sad. Yeah, I I get the premise of it, but I haven't seen it yet. But we'll see. We'll see if I cry. I didn't cry at this one, but it was close. Yeah, just because you just get a sense of dread, because you know 
we leave the characters worse off than where we found them. Oh, definitely. For the most part. Yeah. Because there was still hope. Yeah, they still had hope. In the beginning. beginning. Yeah. At the end, there was like no real hope that we could see. Because at least he still, he he only pawned the bike. Mm -hmm. Like he had the option to buy it back. Now the bike's just gone. Yeah. And they don't have. The job's gone. Yeah, the job's gone. The kid saw what he did. We saw that everyone else is going through the same stuff. So, yeah. It's pretty hopeless at the end. Yeah, and you just kind of, I don't know, at least for me, I just kind of hope that things, you know, get better. Because sometimes I think about, like, oh, what happens after the end of the movie? Which is, like, you know, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but Mm. I don't know. I just kind of hope that in this universe of where this movie exists that maybe things got better. The Sika has made other post-war movies i'm specifically thinking of two women and i feel like that's even more hopeless yeah there's a specific scene that everyone remembers when they watch this that is very problematic i guess i dislike it personally Mm. i don't know if we can say the r word yeah without getting this taken down from certain platforms yeah i just leave it at that (laughs) Uh, this is the only movie I'd seen from the director. So far. So far, yeah. There's enough interest we can do two women or Umberto D. Mm, right. And more sad Italian yeah. films. More sad Italian films. I love those. I and mean, I do ones. think, you know, that are, this is definitely like, I would say an influential movie and definitely worth watching. I feel like this is a bigger staple than a lot of other things that people talk about. Yeah. Like that's... maybe American Psycho and... Because I know that's like a dude bro <laughs> movie. Right. But like th- those are going to fade out to some extent and I don't think this will. Mm. I mean, I feel like they're they're so different that, you know, I have no idea. That's true. They're different crowds. Yeah. But that's how you evolve. I mean, you get into film through something a lot of people do get through it into it from american psycho and fight club yeah and that's fine they're not bad movies there's different staples Mm. they're more of a initiation not that this is super deep into getting into film it's Mm. a pretty obvious one to watch yeah i'd say so it just has like a very i don't know I'm glad you wanted to watch it, because I, I am glad that I saw it. It just made me sad, and feeling a little unhopeful for mm. the future, you know? Well, last episode was the B-movie, so we had to balance it out. That's true. At some point. But I, I don't know, we'll see We'll see how the, the uh, upcoming episodes, how they fare. Next one should be fun. I think we know what the next one is. Mm. So that should be okay and fun. Mm. We should be alright until after the Oscars. Right, yeah. After the Oscars, I think that's when we're going to be doing our Fellini. No promises. But no promises, yes. They will be done. I don't know when they'll be up. Yeah. But yeah, this one, this specific one. 
What did you rate it? I rated Bicycle Thieves a 9 out of 10 because, I mean, I feel like my 10s, I've said this before. Said in the Stalker episode. Yeah. They're just... It didn't make me cry. That was, I think that's, oh, that was it. That was the thing, I think. It didn't make, it was close, but it didn't. No I didn't cry, but that doesn't, I don't know. It's like on the low 10 for me. Because I do throughout a lot of it, if it ended at different points, I'd probably give it a nine. But the ten, the ten comes when the ending comes. Yeah, no, that ending's really good. I think that's probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, the ending is so good that you you just it kind of wraps up everything. Mm. Like you gotta wait to the end for it to wrap up. It's not one of those endings that go on a little longer than they should. This ends pretty perfectly. Yeah, because we have like before it, he's kind of. He's at his his breaking point in terms of desperation. And so you see his kind of internal struggle with potentially stealing a bike so that he can have the job still. And, you know, he he's like grappling with the fact that like his bike was stolen. Does he want to steal somebody else's bike? Like, is it worth it? Is what's the ramifications? You know, I think at that point, he. In his head, it just formulates that the only way to do what he planned on doing, right? The extra time, the 800 a week, the yeah, all the math is to steal the bike. Like, that's his last option. He did not want to do it, right? Mm. And that's, like, what you understand from the other character stealing. He maybe he didn't want to do it, but that was his last option. Because he says there, he had a clean record. No one that knows him would even believe that he did it. Yeah. And that's kind of the same for the Ricci family. Mm. There's no way they would believe that he did it, but he had to do it. Yeah. Because he tried everything to do it legally and ethically, but that didn't work. Yeah, and oh, there was the, the line that I thought about when he went to, when he went to the police where the... Uh, they're trying to go to a meeting and one police officer says to the one that's helping um, take the, the case down, like, well, we need to go. Is is it anything important? And the police officer says, no, just a bike. It's just a bike. Yeah. So to, like, the police officer, you know, it's it's inconsequence, inconsequential. Well, it should be for everyone, right? right. Like, it's a bike. We, we can't have a, our force handle that yeah but to him like the bike is is everything it's literally everything it's the only thing that's going to help him provide for his family that's that's in in any type of meaningful way this job provided i think it was a bi-monthly salary plus a housing allowance like it was a good job that was a great job even now that would be a pretty good job it's it's like working for the government in a way i think it says it's a city job I would assume that's the same as working for the government. Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, they take care of you as much as they can. Yeah. And they're hard to come by. Other people were in the line yelling that they wanted that job. They got a bike. They could do it too. Yeah. So, it was a great job. He lost everything he could have had. And we don't really know what happens to him after. We can pretend it's good. Yeah, we can pretend that, you know, <laughs> they have enough money to maybe like, buy Oh no, the bike. bike, it's back. Uh, oh look, look at that. <laughs> Just popped a 
Go figure. Yeah. But I, I, I did think about that line when uh, when it came up because it was like, well, of course it, do- it means nothing to you, but mm. to somebody that has nothing, it means everything. Yeah. And I was just like, another great detail of this, which I mentioned before, is that this is being told as it's happening in real life. Which I think makes it even more impactful because you you know a lot of people in that screen were struggling. Yeah. Oh, by the way, fun fact: someone in that screen was Sergio Leone. That he showed up as one of the priests after the kid falls. <laughs> one of the I guess yeah, it was yeah, being yeah. German. Sergio Leone was assistant director for this. Huh. So he ain't turned that, out to have a huge career. Ain't that something? Yeah. <laughs> But I think that's all for this episode. Yeah, don't forget to follow us and, you know, different things you can do on YouTube. You can leave a uh, comment, you can like, you can subscribe. Apple Podcast, you can leave a rating. You can leave a rating on Spotify as well now. And that would really help. So we'll see you next time.